Hello and welcome to The Wasted Years, the podcast where touring musicians tell stories about life on the road. This is your host, Aaron Seamer. I've been a musician for over 20 years, and I've slept in strangers' hotel rooms, disgusting couches, the front seats of vans, and roadside ditches. I've been robbed, cheated, stiffed, and flashed, and usually for very little money. And if you're a touring musician, I bet you know what I'm talking about. This is The Wasted Years. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Aaron from The Wasted Years. I know it's uh, been a little while since I actually talked to you, the listener, before the episode, but uh, I wanted to mention a few things before uh, this episode gets going. Um, First of all, after I posted the last episode with Into the Storm, episode number eight, uh, Wasted Years passed 4,000 downloads. That's total downloads for the entire show, but um, I don't know. That's really crazy exciting to me, and uh, I just want to thank everybody again for subscribing and checking this out and letting your friends know and everything else you know get at us on facebook and and um, like us and share the stories on facebook it's uh, it's a big help actually i also wanted to say um you know i i'm editing all of this myself recording all of this myself and also running the website by myself um the one aspect of this that i uh, really don't know much about is the web and i'm just gonna put a call out there so if any of you listeners out there happen to be web gurus and uh, love the podcast and are interested in helping out for absolutely no money, um, please get in touch because I I think there's probably a lot of things as far as promoting this goes online that I really don't understand um, and would like to learn more about. So, uh, you know, shoot me an email. Email is up on the website. Um, It is wastedyearspodcast at gmail.com. It'd be great to hear from you. I've got a really exciting episode for you this week with Mike Jaworski and Drew Church. If you are involved in the Seattle music scene at all, then I'm pretty certain that you probably know who these guys are uh, because they're involved in in so many different things. But uh, if you've ever played a show at the Sunset Tavern, then you probably know who both of them are. Um, Both of them have booked at the Sunset at different times. They've both worked at the Sunset at different times. They've both played in a lot of bands as well. Mike Jaworski and Drew Church played together in the band The Cops. Most of the stories that they tell in this episode are about their time in The Cops. There's a few from some other bands as well, but um, Mike Jaworski, in addition to The Cops, currently plays in the band Virgin Islands. Uh, He played in a band called Hello from Waveland, which is how I met him. And he also runs the excellent local label. Well, they're based out of Seattle, but they're more than a local label. Mount Fuji Records, who have put out a lot of some of the best you know records in seattle over the last several years um and then drew has played in so many bands i'm not even going to try to name them all but uh some of the more notable recent bands that he's worked with are super suckers little cuts spiral stairs um you name it drew church is also the co-owner of the amazing bar hazelwood in the ballard neighborhood of seattle which is where we recorded this podcast so i do want to apologize for the excessive um background noise that you'll hear in this podcast uh the the bar wasn't open but they were preparing to open while we were recording but at the same time that meant that we got to drink some of the amazing cocktails that they make at the hazelwood so in my opinion it was well worth it but you will hear some some background noise 
This episode features all music from The Cops. There were a lot of bands that I could have put on here, but I figure since that was the band that both Mike and Drew played in together, that, that would, it would be appropriate to stick to the music of The Cops. Uh, with that, I'm going to jump right into the episode and uh, keep listening. Thanks a lot, everybody. Boys headed. We're like, oh yeah. Uh, South by Southwest. Like, what's that? What's that? It's a music festival. Where's it at? Like, awesome. He's like, yeah, it's what everybody's been saying tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's true. He's just, just sitting over there, vans. Whole vans over. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. There's got to be like a thousand vans going so to Austin. So you're corroborating time. with their stories. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yes, sir, we are. And it's always fun, like that that stretch of road, like because inevitably you have to pull over and piss or get gas at some point, and you're like, you're like, oh look, there's. Elliot Smith. Oh, there's, you know, like at the gas station. Yeah. Like, oh, there's the Walkman. You know what I mean? It's I bet like, those guys are from Chicago and they love you know, like Paul Simon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I like Graceland too, buddy. Yeah. Oh, look at the, yeah, look at the, the mustaches and those what guys. They're that? definitely from Brooklyn. What <laughs> is it with that, like, yeah, that, right. whole, that whole, like, world beat sound happened for a few years? But it's back. I know. Is it back again? There's all these bands now that are uh, Vampire Work Week doing kind of African style <laughs> rhythms. Yeah, Vampire Work Week. That's is, pretty good, dude. That is. I mean, yeah, I think Graceland's a great album too. But there was a lot of that shit. It's and still, then, still um, happening. It's, it's back now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I suppose. It's crap. It's crap. It's, it's crap. shit. It's total crap. <laughs> Vampire Three Day Weekend. We're <laughs> one more day of relaxation in my band. I was looking, I, f- I just, I found an old driver's license of mine that I, I remember it expired when I was on tour mm-hmm. and it was the, the absolute worst timing to come back from tour to go to the DMV to get your picture taken. Mm-hmm. I just looked, I looked like a fucking hell warmed over. Like, honestly, like, just when you get pulled over though, because the cop just looks at you and looks at your idea like, why like, the guy always looks like this? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess he is a dirtbag after all. <laughs> Oh, I looked so bad. It was such an embarrassing thing. <laughs> I'm here with Mike Jaworski and Drew Church, uh, who both played in the band The Cops together. Um, Mike is uh, currently in Virgin Islands. Prior to The Cops, you had Hello from Waveland, which is, I think, when I met you. Yeah, um, yeah. With, that that also like, included John Randolph of The Cops. And, yeah. and Dave Weeks from The Cops played in Hello from Well, sort of. There was like a gray area at the end of that band that sort of yeah. morphed into the cops. You were almost like a prototype of the cops, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the early version we were the of the farm, cops. We I were guess. the farm band. For the, the, farm, <laughs> the farm league, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Drew, I don't even know if I want to try to. You've played in a lot of bands, but. Uh, I'm a bass player, it's easy to get work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, you want to name, name, name a few? Yeah. I'm currently. The cops, obviously. The cops. Um, Puberty, which me and Mike were both oh, right. in. We're in puberty. Uh, forget about that one. Uh, Jemez Mountain Hawks, it's kind of a newer project. Uh, Mark Peckerlow's Praying Hands. I just did some more dates with the Super Suckers this summer. Little Cuts with Dave oh, Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, full Toilet. Oh, yeah. Basements, too. And the basements. Full Toilet. Drew actually may set the record for 
being in the most bands at one time, I think it's possible. Uh, how many have you done at once? <laughs> I think at one time that were kind of active, there was probably um, uh, probably like eight or nine that were <laughs> going. Boom, oh God. But he asked me, they're like, hey, can you play bass? I'm like, as long as we don't practice, then yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Too, Drew's too busy playing shows to actually rehearse. Right. Well, if you're able to do that, then yeah. more power to you. Did I miss any bands of yours? I know, I mean, you were yeah. came here from... I, yeah, I came here from Omaha, Nebraska and I played... So I don't know if you were in bands there, but... Nothing that anybody would know or okay. remember. Where are you from, Drew? Are you from here? I'm from, uh, I was born um, in Redmond and I grew up on Bashan. Okay. Oh, I just did, um, I just recorded on uh, Quab Copeland's new record. Oh, yeah. The Demon Ride. The Demon Ride. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of those guys. I know both of you booked at the Sunset at yeah. points. <laughs> Drew is like the first booker there, actually. Yeah. Yeah, after Max. But you, you, won, on, uh, you won on the long game. I remember right. you being around booking there, I think before I even knew you, really, but I knew your name from booking there. That was back in the time when um, me and Quab had created a, uh, a fake booking agent. <laughs> I can't remember what we named her, but we left the, the sexuality ambiguous. Nice. <laughs> Just because we were getting such a barrage of demos every day that uh, we had to set up some sort of a thing to... Uh, that's pretty smart, actually. It wasn't bad. <laughs> and then oh. no one wants to talk to you directly either. They're always looking for that other person or something. Where's Chris is listening to the demo. Yeah, no, that's a good. Chris will get back to you. <laughs> yeah. What's your dog's name? This is Lubo. Lubo? Say hello, Lubo. Lubo. I'm sure he will at some point. And Mike's leaving us in Seattle soon. Yeah, I'll be leaving. Uh, yeah, I'll be moving. I'm moving. My wife and I are moving to Philadelphia at the end of this month. We'll be leaving Seattle on October 31st. It's going to leave a big hole in the Seattle music world, for sure. It's going to leave a big butthole in Seattle. <laughs> I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Okay. <laughs> we can... All right. We'll skip over that. Sorry. Yeah. No, no it's you'll, you'll be missed, for sure. I'm, I'm going to miss it here. Absolutely. The first one, the, when I was thinking about this this morning, because I can never really remember anything. We were, do, we were on the second leg of a U.S. tour that was in total like a six or six and a half weeks or something. We, it, Ryan Label was with us on the second leg. Yeah. We were playing in Boston at the... We were playing at the Middle, Middle East. East. Yeah. Middle East and Boston. Chartreuse Nights yeah. in Boston. And, and me and Ryan were just like kind of cruising around. And we, we were kind of been looking for Chartreuse for the whole tour because it puts us all in a really good mood. Uh-huh. And you know we could we could have used a good mood that night. Something <laughs> about that stuff is just so weird. But anyway, yeah, so it really is. <laughs> me and Ryan find the liquor store that had it. We hadn't seen it, you know, the whole time. We found it in Lawrence, Kansas, earlier on that tour. Surprisingly yeah. enough, right. And that sort of kicked our like got our brains like we need chartreuse every night. You know? <laughs> Do you think it's harder to find now that absinthe is legal again? It, it seems like be. it. It seems like it is. But I prefer anyway. it to, to absinthe. Mm -hmm. I just think it tastes delicious. But it, um, you know, it's pretty high test stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So <laughs> me and Ryan get this. We get this bottle and grab Mike. And, you know, we're all like, oh yeah. So we go sit in the van, and we're just like drinking chartreuse. We're like in a super good mood. You know, we probably drank a little too much chartreuse, and it was like nearing time for us to, to to go in. And we were headlining, and it was a Friday night, and the band right before us was this band called Soapstar. I'm the, sure you all heard of, yeah, heard of Soap Soap Star. Yeah. <laughs> The yeah. singer for the Soap Star was actually an uh, actor on a popular soap opera. So this this, <laughs> free. this terrible, terrible music with this what like an awful thing to name your band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's pretty cheesy. And he was just like, thanks, oh, thanks promoter of Middle East for another soap opera band. No, so so the Soap Star, that dude's manager also manages all of these models. So we are 
super shit faced and we go into the club and we're like buto walking in slow yes. motion yeah holding on to anything we can to not fall over because we like we drank like three quarters of this bottle i think drew it's safe to say we finished that bottle of chartreuse. we probably did i don't yeah. remember anyway we just like we kind of crawl in and there's nothing but like the gorgeous women <laughs> because the guy 30 supermodels like yeah, every, yeah like the, the room was like you it was where you were just like yeah because this because they hang out with the soap star dude well i think the, the, the soap star's manager made all of his clients go to his show <laughs> to make the band look good exactly and he did it worked but then we got up on stage ryan Leva had a wall to lean against luckily yeah. <clears throat> but i didn't have that um i was just kind of like hitting like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be generous and say that i was hitting like 50 percent of the notes <laughs> I would say that's probably about act. That's accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was at, and the, the Aaron Ball, the drummer who was filling on that tour. You know, he was he was totally sober. He was just like totally nailing it. And he's like, "You assholes are wasted." <laughs> he's like, he's like, "That was the worst performance you have ever played in your entire life." <laughs> we're like, "Were there like a lot of really beautiful women there?" He's like, "Yeah." There was a lot of there were. beautiful women. There. Uh, yeah. And you, you might have it up. Had a good chance. I do remember this was and this is maybe the, the cops, I don't know. We've been we've played in Boston, you know, numerous times. Well not numerous, probably like a handful of times at this by this point. And uh, we actually had like a good guarantee and there was like a probably a write up in the paper and there was people there that were excited to see us and That'll you know, never happen again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and I remember we started our set and the room was full of people and then uh, maybe like a third of the way through our set, I looked out and the room was just clearing out, you know? Yeah, it was like watching a whole bunch of supermodels, like, you know, pack their things. Oh man, that's, I thought they would have been into you guys after watching if, Soap Star. Oh, the, if they bad. were more like diehard, like replacements fans in the crowd, they're probably, yeah, they would have probably they enjoyed, would have enjoyed it. it because we were like rivaling that era, the, the drunken years of the replacement there. Replacements for sure. But the, the saving grace of that, and the reason that um, I feel bad about it, but not terrible, was that. Um, Aaron Ball was like on point. If you have a drunk drummer, mm -hmm. then everybody else could be in top form and you're gonna sound like shit. But if you have yeah. a good drummer, <clears throat> right. everybody else can kinda ham fist it or right. lobster claw it through the <laughs> Yeah, because we're rocking thing. I mean, you know, distortion and amps and is pretty are pretty forgiving mediums, yeah. musical mediums. The drum the drumming, you know, like if we and we've discovered this, we're not gonna you know, like it just you know, you're on tour, so everybody wants to party. I mean, it, but and you kind of almost feel bad for the drummer because you have to, like, dude, you just have to wait until yeah. after, the <laughs> after the show. You can, you know, drink as many shots of tequila after the show as you want you to. You can't but drink as much as the singer. It's just it's not going to happen. It's just yeah. I'm sorry, you the drummer, you signed up for you that. You can't be yeah. slop. I know that you were an angry 12 year old when you wanted to play the drums <laughs> and you did not think about your future at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a bummer, but but I think I think those are the lessons that you learn as you get older. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you got to treat this like a job. Yeah, it's <clears throat> actually come up a, a number of times on this podcast with people that yeah that are you know touring into their thirties at yeah. this point. No, you that, have to. It's like if you're going to keep doing it, you have to look at it as a job. You can still party some, but oh yeah, and you know, and we, you know, we still party a lot. Actually, you just have to know when and when not to. We've and we've always taken it. You know, I mean, we always have fun, without a doubt. That's of course like an important component of it. But we've all take always taken it serious enough to make you know to try to put on good shows. And I think the cops were and are a great live band. So that you know, oh yeah, definitely. that was. Well, that was like that was what six years ago, and I think that's never that hasn't happened. Well, I think that's just it. You know, like if you're on on the road for six weeks and you're playing 35 shows, inevitably you're going to have a couple shows where you just like, you know, like the cylinder, all cylinders aren't going to be firing, or somebody's going to have 
you know, have food poisoning or drank too much or whatever, you know, and like... Or swam in the ocean at three in the morning. Right, that brings up another story. <laughs> another tour story. I, I can't, and then I we're thinking about... Coming on. <clears throat> well, I was thinking about this related to Chartreuse, because that tour in particular, it seems like the cops kind of, we, we have like a, we sponsor our, so we, we pick our own sort of like whatever booze we're going to like, kind of like champion on each particular tour. Like the very first tour uh, with Drew, it was like a two week West Coast tour in the middle, in the one, middle of one of the hottest summers in the, probably the last 10 years. We left Seattle with a case of rosé in the band. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we always drank a lot of rosé. We we've always drank a lot of rosé. We've always drank a lot of tequila. Um, but we would start out, you know, our rehearsals with That's classy. You get rosé, but then heading down to tequila eventually. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're highbrow <laughs> punk rockers. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're all food snobs. I know. I mean, if we actually, if the band ever actually would have made money, I mean, we probably would have been dining yeah. in, like, five-star restaurants Easily. every day, you know? I, sh I did forget to mention that we're recording this in the Hazelwood, which, which oh, yeah. Drew is a co-owner of, and it's a lovely bar. It is indeed. Uh, yeah, with, an, uh, with a great cocktail list. and. Well, uh, so then my other partner here, who um, talking about having crazy rock and roll stories, is Ben Shepard. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to talk to Ben sometime. Sure. And he, he's one of those ones who's like, <laughs> they're so weird, <laughs> and they're so like outrageous that you're you're kind of just like, no way. But then yeah, he, well, but he's not very quick to like tell any of them. He's just like, yeah, they just live. In he his... has been working in a very <clears throat> different caliber of of band than uh, uh, also than any of us. I think he's also working on a different like metaphysical plane in life than most people too. Yeah, that's ben true. Is, he's an intense and really brilliant guy, and yeah. like. Man, he's told me some stories that like freak me out and blow my mind too, yeah. for sure. Well, that's the other the other thing is that the the rock and roll lifestyle is epitomized by the starting band, not by the ending band. Like the, when they're for sure, when you yeah. do well because it's like I've always really liked staying in hotel rooms mm -hmm. on tour. Uh -huh. um, John Randolph loves crashing with people at their house. Yeah, right. And the reason that that when you when you just when you drive and you play and then you have spears and you go back to your hotel room and you watch Sports Center and you fall asleep, every day is the same and it's all pretty boring unless mm -hmm. you had like a really great hamburger or a taco that day. <laughs> <laughs> but if you um, and like what John loves is if you stay with people. Like if you're gonna stay with somebody, you may be exhausted, but the only reason they're having a rock band stay at their house is because they want to party. Right. With you. It's true. And it's exhausting. And that's when all yeah. the crazy, stupid stuff happens. And we did oh, that for, sure, for yeah. years. I mean, I think like the first three years of touring, like... Do you need to grab that? Yeah, I got it. Treehouse, which is a walk-up. It's but full of couches. I think we need to talk. We need to talk about our our arriving in okay, Santa yeah, yeah. Cruz That's because true. we uh, we rolled in early. You know, 
dropped off our gear for load-in or whatever, and there was a, a bar next door. And Drew was sporting a big, thick mustache, and well, that, yeah, it was. Uh, it's called the Blue Lagoon. The Blue Lagoon, right? And uh, is it like in the main downtown area? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Santa Cruz. And we're all wearing like I've got a big stash, but we're all wearing like aviator, like cop shades, and like yeah. leather jackets. Yeah, like yeah, you bandanas, you know, whatever. We was full on rock. <clears throat> we looked like rockers, you know. <laughs> we're we're definitely like playing the part, living the part. I had a mustache, but and Drew had a mustache, which I think for some reason is sort of important to this story. But we <laughs> we walk we walked into this bar, we sit down, and it's probably like six o'clock in the evening or you know whatever. Mm -hmm. It's early evening, afternoon. We order beer, and there, there's a bunch of you know like dudes hanging out, regular type guys, just yeah. like. And uh, older, older guys, you know, and the older gentleman bartender. Everybody's super nice and sweet. And uh, yeah, we we ordered like a, a round of Pacificos and a round of Cazadores, and the dude was like, "Okay, um, this round only seven dollars a piece." We're like, "Wow, that's thanks, really cheap." Yeah. <laughs> so then we're just like drinking and hanging out. Yeah. And then we order another round. He's like, "Okay, this round only is six bucks a piece." <laughs> and we're like, huh, "That's." Funny. And we're like taking pictures of each other. We're getting like a little. We're getting like a little toned up. And, <laughs> and then we. I think we ordered one more round. He's like, okay, final deal. Five bucks. Five bucks a set. You know, for the. We're just like, what is up? And then somebody was it you like grabbed like a magazine by the front. Yeah, and they, it was it was at like a, a a gay bar or like a like a gay yeah, we, bar we, guide or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and we were just like. Holy shit! Like we're surrounded by like we're like, as Cody used to say, uh, like seals in the Shark Tank. It was like, it was like this old man like bear bar. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and you're uh, wearing leather and leather yeah. and mustaches and sunglasses, mustaches. and we're getting wasted. And, and was, you're all young, good-looking fellas. <laughs> the bartender's just like, let's keep these guys here for a while. Totally. <laughs> it, I mean, it was fun. Everybody was totally awesome. We made some friends, indeed. So yeah. yeah. And so then. Uh, Play the show. The whole venue is filled with uh, couches. So we're playing, and like we're we're playing, we're, like watching people like lay down, like cupped <laughs> up on their arm, and we're like playing like so apathetic. We're playing this like rock and roll set, you know, and people are just like laying on the couch. They're drinking tea, and it was like it was like it was a dorm room or something, and we just happened to be there, right, playing this set. Well, after the show, I mean, as Drew used the term "toned up," we we ended up getting pretty toned up throughout the evening and uh, had a pretty had a good time. I think we had salads for dinner. Though. We had salads. We were, yeah, we were we also really, health conscious. Yeah, right. Oh, good. We really gave ourselves a good base to drink throughout the evening. So we ended up, you know, some sop that alcohol up with some some leafy greens, some salad, yeah. some carrots, some leafy yeah. greens. I think I'm going to get the crostini. What are you going to do? Totally. Dave's getting the foie gras. After the show, we we were looking to sort of party with some extracurricular kind of uh, fun stuff and uh, we ended up ha hanging out with the promoter after the show like it's like hey you know like yeah we can we can hang out together we can help you out we can help you guys out you know this is gonna be fun so we ended up partying with the promoter and I think like the the woman who's the bartender there mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> we I, where did we go initially by this point we were we, we wanted to go to the beach we went so, to the beach and it's so it's probably three in the morning by this point we're all just a wreck yeah, and we go to the beach, and Mike is like totally wild-eyed and crazy, and like the ocean, the ocean, and he just kind of takes off running for the ocean. I took off all my clothes first. I do, I did do that. I, you had I, your clothes on to begin with. I, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. 
I took off all my clothes, down to my, you know, my, my briefs or whatever. It's and a beautiful beach there. <laughs> it was nice. I remember a couple of the, couple of the local Santa Cruz people were like, uh, be careful, dude, riptides and sharks, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care. And the surf is like probably four or five feet high when it's coming in. So Mike just keeps getting knocked over by waves. Uh-huh. At this point, we went from like being like fun to like, like a line of very concerned parents right. with our arms crossed. Yeah. Just trying to keep our eyes on Mike's head. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't get ripped out. Yeah. <laughs> so he finally comes out. Obviously, there was like an oil spill there. At it was, some I smelled. I smelled horrible. <laughs> you smelled oh, like no. diesel. Thinks, yeah, I smelled like diesel fumes and like, you know, the liquids are just sort of like beating off my skin and it was pretty bad. Uh, I think I was covered in seaweed too. Was the other thing I do remember. I came out and had seaweed all over my body. It was gross. It was pretty gross. So we ended up <laughs> sort of leaving the beach and going back to the the bartender, this woman um, who we were hanging out with, partying with that night. She invited us back to, to crash at her house, you know, being a friendly citizens of Santa Cruz. And so we go back to her home. for a little while. And yeah. Then we had a, we had a, the case of rosé in the van. And I think we went out to go get our sleeping bags or something in the van. And yeah. John had already gone to sleep. Inside with, the home. Yeah. And so we go out for like maybe three minutes. Uh-huh. And we go back and the door's locked. <laughs> We're like knocking on it, and I think she was like, I'm done with you guys. Yeah, she did not want to listen to us. So, me and Mike she locked and, you out, she locked yeah. us on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. So, <laughs> so, me and Mike and Dave have to sleep in the van, and we're like, We're so thirsty, and it's it's it was probably 90 degrees at night, it was super hot. Yes, it was ridiculous. And hot. we're like all parched. Um, so we we end up opening and drinking this like hot rose out of the bottle, it's all we had left. It was all we needed to drink. And then I don't remember going to sleep. I don't think we slept that night, Drew. No, we did because we woke up in our van. It's like a hot microwave full of garbage. Uh, yeah, hot vans. Like and then we went and we knocked on the door to the lady. She finally, she opens the door with this huge coffee mug in a robe. She's like, you know, you better get your kid, your friend out because my kid's getting here in 20 minutes. Yeah. She was not happy with us. <clears throat> her idea. What'd it was do? her idea. We, we had to go wake up John Randolph, which is never a fun thing to do. What'd wake you do up. to piss her off? Uh, yeah. I don't know. We were just, just being, being drunk and Just loud. being loud. Yeah. Drunk. yeah. I don't remember. She, everything seemed fine until some switch went off in her head. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, that was a good. That was a good night. That was a horrible day. It was the next day. was horrible. I think the next two days were horrible oh, after that. Yeah. That was not a good time. Yeah. Talk about alcohol. 
we did a uh, tour with Cursive and Jeremy Enoch. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a package tour where they, like the Cursive boys, they can crush some beers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we we every day we arrived. We were playing you know bigger size venues like theater type venues in right. this tour, and we'd show up for loading at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know they had the, they would start delivering the rider, and the Cursive guys had like four like igloo coolers, just Miller lights. Yes, yeah, so I mean it must have been like it, six it, cases of Miller lights. It was nine. It was a combined rider. It was nine cases a night. Yeah, every single night. They did nine cases a night every night. Uh, we, well, the cops were. We probably got a case. We got Jeremy case. got a case, and they had like and they seven had cases. the rest of them. But it, whatever it was, it was like it was like a bottle. Of, and then well, there was one day on that tour. I don't remember where it was, but it was the full rider. Yes, which was it was like. How many snack chips did you actually have on your rider? It was like two bags Cool Ranch Doritos, two bags regular extra cheesy Doritos, two bags. It was, it was like yeah. 74 bags of chips and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and whiskey. You can always tell when it's like a, a new promoter. If it's not like an actual promoter who works with a venue, if like you, especially if you're playing in like a smaller city or whatever, and it's some guy who was like a college radio DJ and he's like, I'm going to start promoting shows and you know, oh, Cursive's one of my favorite bands. I'm gonna have them in town. I'm gonna pay them their full guarantee, and I'm gonna, you know, that's that's when your full rider is gonna be met. Getting yeah. everything on the yeah. rider. Yeah. <laughs> that particular tour, the tour tour with uh, Jeremy Enoch and Cursive, there's some good stories. One in particular, um, well, just a, Jeremy was a, a wonderful guy to tour with. Super sweet guy. He was touring in this, uh, I guess, what you would call like an RV for America kind of yeah, yeah, rental. rental. Yeah. A one sure. piece, you know, like you know, RV vehicle. And he was playing solo every night by himself, just piano and guitar, mainly piano, no backing band or whatever. Beautiful to see on nightly basis. And just basis. sleeping in the in the camper. And sleep, sleeping in the camper. That's a pretty good way to go. Yeah, and those guys, like, we, you know, Cursive and, and the cops, we would stay in the same hotel. We'd go to our hotel, and Jeremy and and, his, and Kanan Tupper and his driver, Sven, yeah. or Jens. Yes. Jens. Yes. Jens. They would they would pull go like drive to Walmart in the middle of the night because right. Walmart's open twenty four hours a day yeah. and they'd like go comb the aisles and like you know play on walkie talkies or whatever the hell they do. Related to this story, when one uh, we were in the south in November, I want to say we we're like driving through Georgia and it was kind of a chilly day mm -hmm. for November in Georgia and we we're on the same path trying to get to I don't know Atlanta maybe or something like that. We we get to the venue and we get a call from Jeremy and he's like I'm not making the show tonight. We're like, what happened? He's like, we left Canaan behind. A, we mistakenly left Canaan behind at a rest stop two like two hours prior. You know, so they they had they they went to this rest stop in the middle of Georgia like like, like four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, super. And then he, they drove for three hours. They think he was sleeping. They thought, thought he was he was yeah because Jens was driving and Jens just ran to pee, and then Canaan <laughs> got out the back because they're separated. Yeah, Canaan got out in shorts with no shoes and a t-shirt, no wallet, no cell phone, no cell phone, nothing. Because oh, he's just like, I'm just gonna run out to take a piss, and you know. This is going to be a few minutes, and the guys thought he was still in the van. They took off, and they're like, Kanan's still asleep. They drove for three hours. Kanan is in the middle of the night at this rest stop in Georgia. It's probably like 40 degrees. Yeah, standing underneath like the hand warmer. Freezing his ass off. Oh, the poor guy. So then they had to drive, backtrack another three hours, and they pick him up, and then... So it added like 12 hours to their... Yeah. Jeez. <clears throat> It was a yes, that's not the first time someone being left behind at a rest stop has come up on this podcast. Oh, really? It's, it's hilarious. But, oh. you got to do the buddy um, system. Yeah, you yeah, got to let important. someone know when you're taking a leak. Just a head count. <laughs> Speaking of my funniest um, writers, because writers are just hilarious in general, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
The Murder City Devils, Cody was telling me that when they did, they did five dates with Pearl Jam. Yeah. And so they like, they're like, we're going to go all out on a rider. You know? Right. And of course, I think they still got like a half rack of beer and a meat and cheese plate. But right. they had requested <laughs> that they get um, handmade um, slippers. <laughs> in every venue they're playing made out of a, a regional animal so it's like and it'd be like Texas or, you know armadillo you know <laughs> like, and it had like we're not going on until our armadillo slippers are delivered yeah, although they're slipper sizes and yeah. <laughs> never delivered uh, no you know total robbed not totally even robbed. once not, not once Oh, anytime we play in Portland uh, Julia would come pick me up and it would be she knows everybody so it would be like every night would be totally crazy like well there's a party at the auditorium with the dandy warhols if you want to go there mm. <laughs> <laughs> or there's this other thing or i think jay mascus is doing this jam session i, I don't know <laughs> but so it would always be like i'd have to call the cops on the phone at like van call be at six i'd call it like six ten and be like i'm on this street and this street and they're like portland was always the yeah the partying in portland for drew and it's always like usually either the first the, the second night or the second to last night of tour but it was portland. always bad but yeah every day the next morning it usually was the second night of tour that it was always like the, the game was I wonder where we're going to find Drew this morning because <laughs> then we're going to get a phone call 20 minutes late and he's going to be on the other side of town. <laughs> yeah, right. but there was uh, one time when I, when I played there with um, when I was in Broadcast Oblivion and this is where I first got the dog suit. Oh, Jesus. And uh, so I was playing with Broadcast Oblivion and we were playing a show. The dog with, suit, did you say? The dog yeah. suit, yeah. Okay, well, we can be I'll figure that touched. out. Yeah. We can go, <laughs> go back to the dog suit after this. Uh, it's been on many, many tours. <laughs> It's more efficient than a sleeping bag, I'll just say that. Uh, so, uh, and we were playing um, shows with a band called Party Time, which went on to become Red Fang. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so there, there was like three-fifths of Party Time went on to form Red Fang. Uh-huh. And so uh, we played a show together, and then the singer for Party Time was named Mike Hyges, and he was part owner of this bar that was, I can't remember what it was called, but it was way outside of town. Oh, okay, yeah. It was like in this industrial district. Mm-hmm. So both bands are like loaded up and we're gonna go, you know, have some after hours beers. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing the dog suit, I'm in the back of the car. It's a, just a full dog suit. It's, it's uh, like a costume. Yeah, yeah a costume. full adult size you head to toe dog suit. Yeah. It's more of a sleeping bag because it's, it's really comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got like a dog head and stuff. Yeah, so for whatever reason I put that on and I was drinking this beer in the back of the van and we pull up to the bar and I just like, I jump out of the car while it's still kind of slowing down yeah and I just like run into the front door of this <laughs> just bar like a dog with my beer in my hand and I, and it was like 2:30. the bar had just closed and the bartender <laughs> I think her name was honey she had just cleared out all these dudes and I'm holding this beer and I'm like all excited and I look at her and she just looks at me and she'd never met me before and she's just like no fucking way get out of my bar now you know <laughs> yeah. she just thinks that I'm some like crazy psycho <laughs> who just ran into her bar in a right. suit. <laughs> And I'm just kind of like my, I kind of get like a frowny face, like, oh no. Start whimpering. And then right then, Hy just walks in right behind me, and you can just see her face She's just like, like oh, just, no. oh. <laughs> like, I yeah. just got all of the drunk assholes out of my bar, and now she knows that it's gonna fill up with drunk assholes. Yeah. Every bartender's worst nightmare when the owner and his, and his best buddies and his, come in at 2.30 two yeah. in the morning. When oh, here's the owner and his buddies. Yeah, and yeah. they're wasted. <laughs> One of them's just like a dog. Yeah, yeah. And so bringing his own alcohol. Me and Mike are both bartenders, and like the, that moment when your night is over, yeah. and 
you have kicked everybody out and you get to turn the music off. Yeah. Because at that point, silence is so beautiful. It is. And it's so golden and it's like... You're just doing whatever you can to wind down so you can go to bed in the next hour or two. Yeah, yeah. just like, calm down, go home, go to bed. Right. So then of course we roll in and Mike Hyde just immediately goes over to the DJ booth and just puts on, you know, sabotage, yeah, he's super loud. And, <laughs> oh, that was bad. Yeah. It's funny now, but I felt bad about it then. Yeah. I mean, I felt bad about the next morning. Right. Yeah. I didn't feel bad about it. <clears throat> um, were there more uh, stories from the cursive Enoch tour? The, well, related to the dog suit, there was, I think, Drew almost every, it was almost every night. The dog suit would appear on somebody. It was usually Drew, sometimes Dave, sometimes John. I don't know. I, maybe I wore it. Maybe I never wore it. I don't know. You did the last night, I think. I wore it the last There's night. There's one night that I played in it. Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. That uh, bottle tree, coolest club in that the world. Super cool club. I was talking to one of the bartenders, and it was like it was like 100 degrees in there. It was just pa- it was totally sold out. It was packed, and the walls were sweating. Yeah. And she's like, it was like the dog suit was someplace. She's like, who's that? I'm like, oh, it's mine. She's like, do you wear that when you play? I'm like, no, I don't want to play. She's like. Pussy. Yeah, she's like calling Pussy. me. I'm like, not. She's like, yeah, whatever. So I'm like, fine, fine, I'll do it, fine. She's like, good. And uh, <laughs> it was the worst mistake I've ever made in my life. Because the face is all surrounded by. It's like summer in Birmingham. Yeah, it just yeah. turns into this. And you, I can't see anything. <laughs> That was a really fun tour, though. That was a great tour. Played a lot of, a lot of really nice venues and met a lot of great people for sure. But yeah, the very I think it was the very last night of the, the tour we were in, with Cursive. We were in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Kane's Ballroom. Yeah, beautiful old venue, old historic. Like you know, all the the country legends of yesterday sure. played there, and, and the owner told us a story about the time the Sex Pistols did their one U.S. tour. They played in Tulsa, Oklahoma, of all places, and that's great. He had a place. He had like he, he still saved the the piece of drywall where uh, Sid Vicious supposedly punched a hole in the drywall, and then he he signed it like to whatever Larry, you know, loves <laughs> Sid Vicious Sex Pistols. So he like you know cut it out of the drywall and he like framed it or whatever. But, <laughs> but that particular night, we all ended. Up, I think everybody ended up wearing the dog suit at one time. We all ended up going or did the cursive guys wear it? Yeah, something? yeah, yeah. I think yeah. everybody like everybody wore it at one time. So <laughs> it was a, we, had, we had we had a good bonding time. Then I loaned it to somebody and they washed it. Yeah, which is like, that's sacrilegious. <laughs> it either had to be washed or burned, though. I think that was <laughs> yeah, the deal. Washed or burned, your choice. Washed or burned. <laughs> I wanna be your That was a, a fairly professionally run operation. Yeah. 
for sure. The right. cops in general, or that tour? <laughs> uh, I mean, no, that tour. That uh-huh. tour. That tour. And, we, and also, you know. We got better about it, I think, as we went. We got, you know, the, the more we toured, the more we sort of understood how things worked. I mean, we've all worked in venues and played yeah. bands for a long time, so we, you know, I think we were pretty yeah. good about it. Yeah, always had good relations, you know, never screw up with anybody. Yeah, even if you're, you know, even if, if you're on tour and you're broke ass, you know, as you, like, you can't even afford to eat Taco Bell, you still need to tip your bartender well, no matter what. Like, yeah. you know, like, and sometimes the bartender will just be like, you know, whatever. But like, you know, we get it. It's one of those things. It's it's important. Yeah, you gotta take care of folks for sure. Oh, I remember a great story. Speaking of touring, but we we ended up um, Scott Canberg of uh, Spiral Stairs of Pavement was curated this festival uh, in Calgary. called oh, nice. Sled Island Festival. It happens every year. I think mm-hmm. it has for many years now. And he invited us to come up and play a few summers ago. And uh, we had a fabulous time. We flew, mm-hmm. we flew up and they put us up in a hotel and you know took care of all of our transportation, etc. It was a really great time. We, we like got in town the night we played. We went and played like the first of a couple shows, I think, two or three shows, and fun little punk rock venue. And we ended up playing a show later on that time on that festival, you know, a night with like Wire was playing and Fucked Up was playing. So we got to play with a lot of like really amazing seminal mm-hmm. bands and um, some good stories. And that night in particular, I remember we played kind of early, but um, David Yao from uh, the Jesus Lizard was staying in our same hotel. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the Jesus Lizard weren't together at the time, but his band Pui Kui or something Kui. like that. Yeah. They were playing the festival, and we just would keep running into David in the hotel lobby or just on the streets. I mean, Calgary, it's pretty small there, so, uh-huh. but in particular, like seeing David, yeah, like one night he was completely just wasted out of his mind, like blind drunk, bouncing off of light pole, light, you know, light poles and walls and, you know, and through the streets of downtown Calgary. People, he had like a group of like handlers, fans that were like, David, come this way, come this way. And he's like, walking in the streets carrying like a bottle of Jack Daniels or whatever it was, just completely wasted. We all kind of like, you know, like, holy shit, David Yao is tanked right now. Uh-huh. The next morning we all had to leave to go back to Seattle and catch our flight, and <clears throat> I go down to the hotel lobby to check out, you know, not too early, but like 10 o'clock in the morning, and, um, you know, I feel horrible, but I didn't party anywhere near as hard as David Yao did the night before. Has for the last 20 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look over, and David Yao is just like, you know, reading the paper, sipping a cup of coffee, and I was like looks totally fine. He looks totally fine. I mean, he doesn't look great because he looks like shit all the time. But he went pro, dude. He went pro a long time. He went pro a long time ago. I was like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, oh, just fine. How are you? I'm like, pretty good. How do you feel today? He's like, I feel great. I'm like, I'm like, man, you were really getting after it last time. He's like, you know, just kind of like, well, I don't know what your idea of getting after it is, but let me tell you, my friend. Yeah, David. Yeah, pretty much school. Be like, no, man. You think that was partying? Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, this is a funny one. This is, uh, so I went and played um, Altimore's Parties a couple years ago when I was playing at Spiral Stairs. And ATP is like, it, it was in uh, um, yeah, England. Which one? Okay. Um, it was the one that Pavement curated. Uh-huh. And I was playing in Scott's, um, Scott's solo band. And it was... Uh, it was so fun because it's like everybody's like staying on this one campus, fans mm-hmm. and musicians, and there's like they curate all these TV stations with movies, and so you're like, oh, oh wow. I really want to go see, you know, Atlas Sound, uh, that's uh, a block away from where I'm sitting on this couch, but this really cool World War II movies on, you know, uh-huh. the yeah. pavement curates all like all these. So it's it's. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, and it was actually way more mellow than I thought, just for that reason. That, yeah. Like, there was just too, there's too many things going on, you know. Right. But um, I was staying with my roommate, 
who's like super, super great dude and, you know, parties like he's 19 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd be waking up at like 10 in the morning and he'd just be getting back from the night's festivities, like soaking wet from being like in a water slide. <laughs> in like a pair of like, yeah, yeah. In a pair of like little shorts. <laughs> little buddy. And he would just be like, he's like, hey, you know, I'm just like, oh, good morning. You want to go experience? He's like, no, I'm going to get some sleep. So he, um, we flew back together and uh, he was a great, great traveling companion. He was a great guitar player. We flew back and uh, we're going through customs and he was like, there's this drug docs going around. Mm -hmm. We're in LAX, drug docs going around. Mm -hmm. And Chris uh -huh, is like, a good story. Chris is really kind of, he's a little bit obnoxious, but he's sweet about it. But this beagle's coming around, he's like, he's like, what's up, Captain America? I don't think so. Chris Eric one, drug dog, zero. Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking about. And then, like, the, the handler was kind of, like, looking at him a little weird. And he'd come back around, you know, and this happened, like, six times. He's like, uh-uh, Mr. America, I don't think so. Ain't gonna find nothing on me, you know, Mr. Beagle. You think you're funny, Mr. Beagle? Just like, he's just, he's talking, talking shit. To the he's drug talking dog. shit to a drug dog. Just, uh, over and over and over again, until uh -huh. the the handler started getting kind of pissed, you know. And I was kind of like inching my bag yeah, further yeah. and further away from him. Like, I don't, don't, know don't look at me, dude. <laughs> He's on his own now. And I get, uh, yeah, I get home, and he calls me, and I could tell like the phone is shaking. He was just like, um, "Hey, Drew, I just unpacked my bag, and I had drugs in my pants. <laughs> they were in my um, that I I completely forgot about, and." Uh, <clears throat> Like, the only reason that he got through customs was because he was being obnoxious. Yeah. They, and they never brought the dog over to sniff his, his bag No, the something. dog was, like, sniffing his bag, but he was giving the dog shit. So the guy was, the handler was so distracted by... Yeah. Little, did, little did he know it worked out brilliantly. Yeah. If he had been any, anything other than himself, it would have all, mm. yeah. it would have all failed. That reminds me of another story. We were on tour with, years ago with this band, well, the Hold Steady, and then uh, this other band that shall rename, Wait, remain nameless. You guys toured with the Hold Steady a few times? Or? A couple times, yeah. 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 Well, back I really liked them back then. I mean, they're still a good band. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was back sort of before they became famous. That, uh, it was separation well Sunday. Before, before Tad and Craig became total assholes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Craig's probably not an asshole. <laughs> oh. uh, Zing, what? <laughs> okay, let's just say. I'm just I loved Separation Sunday. Separation oh, Sunday was brilliant. No, those guys are all, those are all, they're all good guys. Yeah. Um, anyway. The, the other band that shall rename, remain nameless that we were on tour with, they, they put a couple records out on Sub Pop and, and on a Canadian record label, their bass player. Uh, we were doing the, the, the trek across the south southern part of the U.S., southwest, what is that, at 10 or something like that. Mm -hmm. we, we drive through El Paso, and there's always, you know, at some point you're going to have a, a border check. But they have dogs, yeah. too. I mean, they're, they're checking for anything, smuggling right. in our, narcotics or whatever. <clears throat> Fiona Apple just got busted. And then she got busted I there as well. Yeah, yeah. So we get to our next destination, like Austin, Texas or wherever, and I, the bass player in the band... Um, who we've been partying with, and he's a good guy, and he comes up to me, and I'm just like, he's just nervous, and he's white, and you know, he's sweating, you know, he's like, he's like, man, he's like, don't tell anybody this, but I just, I just went through the the dogs, the the police check with like a gram of coke in my, in my wallet, and he's like, the guys would be so pissed off at me, I'm just like, 
dude, it's okay, man. Don't worry about it. I'm like, you still have that Coke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't travel with drugs. No, we, we learned that a long time ago. Don't that travel with drugs. Just, you, yeah, you can always find whatever you want, wherever you go. Yes, basically. it's true. It just ruins yeah. your, it'll just, it's a possibility to ruin your yeah. good times. Yeah. Don't blow your good times. Don't blow your good times. It reminds me of another band that uh, we've toured with before that I probably shouldn't mention. It's a band from Omaha, Nebraska. I can't mention them by name, but they were driving through South Dakota <clears throat> in the middle of the night, and their singer, guitar player was driving with an expired driver's license and he was going five miles five miles an hour over the speed limit and they pulled him over and of course they're like we're driver's license is like and he did you know he went on tour had driven the entire tour never told anybody this driver's license was expired he's just like i'm not gonna get pulled over say if he even knew i mean sometimes i don't even realize he, it until may, after the yeah. fact i think he he knew that yeah because he was kind of kind of shifty like that but so they get pulled over and the guys the cops like what are you boy oh you're in a band you know you're in, so in the middle of south dakota it's yeah like winter south dakota whatever it's called and you know like these guys have all the time in the world to, to fuck with you if they want to mm-hmm. yeah because they don't they, you know it's like the most exciting thing of their week probably so you know they call out another well, squad here. yeah uh-huh. oh rock and roll band <laughs> all, right. all right well let's see if you guys are rock and rollers so they come out and they bring out the drug dogs and a couple of the guys in the band you know, had like bags of weed on them. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they all get arrested. Yeah. They were actually driving to meet us to play a show in Omaha, Nebraska, in fact. And they didn't make the show because they all ended up in jail that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the the singer in the band had, uh, I, what are they called? They're like a bullet, those things? Are you like, you know, for, for the sniffing drugs? Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some little utensil that, mm-hmm. um, that he had. And so... They get arrested. He's in handcuffs in the back of the squad car, and he has this thing in his back pocket. For whatever reason, they never like patted him down, or if they did, they missed it. But you know, they got arrested for for marijuana, mm-hmm. and he has like a, a utensil for the sniffing type of drugs. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm, you know, like I'm screwed. I mean, obviously, it's like federal charges are going to be brought up against him. I don't know, you know, whatever. It's going to be way more serious. So he ends up like reaching into his back pocket with his handcuffs pulling it out of his pocket and stuffing it in the seats like underneath in between the cushions of the cop car (laughs) and just leaving it there and just like he called me he called me the next the next day when they they got out of jail on bail or whatever and he's like dude dude you need to help me break into this cop car tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the great thing about the story is, so they ended up having go, to go back to South Dakota for their court dates, and um, the judge took great leniency on them. He actually, like, this judge kind of, you know, did a little research before the band came up for their court date, and he start, the judge started reciting, like, lyrics of their songs <laughs> during the, the court hearing. <laughs> and these guys are kind of, like, looking at each other, like, is this a good or a bad thing? And, uh, Ended up being a good thing, so the judge totally took leniency on them and required them to come up and play a free concert for like all the high school kids in the neighborhood later, like the following summer or wow. something like that. So ah, that doesn't uh, happen very often. No. Who is that it's Omaha lucky, guy yeah. that we stayed with? We stayed with them in L.A. And we stayed with them in Denver. Oh, he wasn't from Omaha, Jared. Yeah, yeah. We I remember we stayed with him in a total party. Yeah, total party. But like, like he's from would, Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would be on tour, mm-hmm. and you would hang out with Jerry. You'd be like, whoa. Yeah. This is like some next level shit. And this is he's doing this every night. We went over to his house. He's like, oh, you toys. We didn't know he was living in Denver. He's like, oh, you toys stay at my house till we go back to his house. It's like, oh, my power got shut off a while ago. So it's cool though. Yeah. And he like leads us into a garage where we're gonna sleep. We're like sleeping in a garage with no heat or electricity. He's like, I got candles. Yeah. Like, What's your problem? He's like, you can piss in the toilet, but don't do anything else. <laughs> the four foot barn works. <laughs> We have a problem I can't here. Flush it. Yeah. 
take a dump outside. Oh, speaking of Lawrence, Kansas, that reminds me of the Lawrence tour. We stayed, we played the Replay Lounge, great little punk rock club in Lawrence. Oh, Kansas. we stayed at Buckets. The yeah, the sound guy was there and Buckets. The, Buckets. Yeah, his name is Buckets. <laughs> no, well, this oh. is that's the the theme of the night, and so yeah. we. Uh, this is, I think, the, the same same night as the Char- or the same tour as the Chartreuse tour of one of the yeah. Very- it was like the, 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 the yeah, it was like a couple days before. Yeah, and so we don't really know anybody in Lawrence at this point, and we were like, you know, we're, we're doing it on the cheap if we can. We meet the sound guy; he's a really nice guy, super cool dude. He's like, oh, you guys can stay at my place. Wonderful, we'd love to stay with you. He's like, I just live up the street, an apartment above the main drag here. We're like, oh, cool, it's perfect. You know, we don't even have to drive our car. Yeah, you know, we'll just walk up there with you afterwards. So, you know, we we send, proceed to drink heavily and have a good time, and we. We go up, he walks us up to his apartment and we get into this place and there's no exaggeration. You look around the apartment, there's probably two to three hundred different sort of plastic receptacles catching pickle leak, buckets, pick, paint cans, over upside down frisbees, coffee mugs, whatever you could imagine. Three hundred? Easily. In, in this room. <laughs> in this entire the whole he lives on the top floor and the whole roof is just almost gone and it's just raining, it's raining. So why? And, and there's like at that point it's trip 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 and he's he's like oblivious to it. he's lived in lived in that place for probably months that way he's been squatting there forever yeah <laughs> it was insane I mean, there was, yeah, there you was, have to empty all of those I, I think they actually just eventually you know the, the floor they spilled over they eventually. probably just go into the place but it was <laughs> trying to find a place to sleep where you wouldn't get wet was like <laughs> yeah it was ridiculous and then just to hear the constant like it was like drip Drip, 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 like all night long. It was, like, it was, water it was torturous, man. It was crazy. <laughs> there was a Starbucks though the next morning that wasn't that far away. That was nice. Yeah, those, those are. We've had many nights like that where you stay with like somebody offers their hospitality, like, oh yeah, that's great, we'll stay with you, and their place turns out to be like the biggest dump in the entire world. You'd be better off sleeping in a van. Yeah, and that's usually when the, like when <laughs> you, get, you get there, everyone's like, the, <laughs> the first one's like, the, the first one to think of it's like, I got the, van. I'm sleeping in the van tonight. You know, you <laughs> yeah. actually like, call the van on the nights like that. You know? Yeah. There was one place we played in. Uh, it was on the East Coast, someplace. I don't remember where. It was Cursive, I think. Cursive tour. And there was, um, we were there and uh, met these kids. And they're like, "Oh, you can totally, totally stay at our house." So I'm like back at the van, and it was a super mellow night. I'm like, and we were all tired. You know, it was like a really long driving day. We just wanted to go to bed and come back to the thing. We're like, "Okay, cool. So, um, can you give us your address?" And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, no problem, dude. It's like three baseball throws that way." And he's pointing at a building. Yeah. I'm like, this is three baseball mean? throws? Yeah, he's like, he's like, as the bird flies, dude, it's like three baseball throws that way. I'm like, how far is a baseball throw? And he looks at me like I'm an idiot. He's like, if you throw a baseball as hard as you can, it's three of those, and it's in that direction. I'm like, wow, somebody's uptight right now. Like, yeah. I just wanted an address. That's like the weirdest directions I've ever He was a weird cat, I remember well, this. We game. went back there, and they wanted to get so weird. Yeah. Like, they wanted to jam. He wanted to jam, which is always yeah. like, I mean, I'm telling you, like, we're, we're musicians, we love to play music, but we've just driven all day, we've played a show, we've probably drank too much alcohol, and it's three o'clock in the morning, like, you're tired, so tired. you just want to go to bed, you want to have, like, a like a nightcap and fall asleep, yeah. but then, of course, it's like what Drew said earlier, when you go to stay with somebody, like, you're the rock and roll band in town, and they're gonna, they want to show you a good time, right. you're, you're gonna, you know, they're gonna party, like, harder than they have in a long time, right. but, and they want to have a jam session. You're just like, no, no jam yeah. session, please, no. But they want to show you the record collection. Oh, dude, this Peter Gabriel record is it's yeah. really great. <laughs> well, we love-
downtown We look to the east for the pain that's past And we look up when we're feeling lost So let's go start a career So Big Business set up a show for us and Party Time in LA uh -huh. that was like super sweet and I was in... Playing with Big Business or they just set it they up? Were head, they were headlining, yeah, Party Time was in the middle and then the cops opened. Red Fang, you mean? Red Fang, yeah. yeah, and it was great. It was totally sold out, you know, it was a great show and then and Cody, who's like one of my best friends, he's such a sweetheart, he's like, he's like, oh cool, and then I'm gonna have like a barbecue after the show at my house uh -huh. and you guys can all crash there, everybody can stay <laughs> at my house and yeah, I've got a bunch of food. And uh, I was in a really bad mood. Just I was just just kind of done for yeah. the yeah. day. When we get back there, and there's this really um, this really tall dude, and he keeps like putting his hand on my back. He's like, "Oh man, it's really nice to meet you." He's like, "It's really great to meet you." Cool. So things are going good. I'm like, "Yeah, I guess." You know. He's like, "He's like, oh cool, cool. Wow, it's just you know, I hope you're having a great night. It's just you know, it's a really fun night, and you know, you guys, it's great, and you guys are good, and it's awesome, and." I go over to Cody and I'm like, Cody, I don't know who your friend is, but he is freaking me out. And if you could keep me away from me, that'd be great. <laughs> and Cody was like, kind of looks at me just like, you're being a huge asshole. He's like, that's Danny, the drummer from Tool, and he happens to be the nicest man that I've ever met in my entire <laughs> yeah. life. Like, that's just how he is. And he's one of like the best drummers ever. ever. Yeah. yeah, right. No, he's like, that just happens to be like one of the nicest guys. Yeah. That I've ever and Drew, you were being a total prick. And I was, I, I wasn't. Be, I was just kind of like, and I'm not like that. No, you're I'm not, not like that. But I was just kind of yeah. like, yeah, uh huh, cool, thanks, cool, yeah. You're like you're obviously annoyed though. And I was just <laughs> like, I don't want. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't yeah. want to be at a barbecue. I didn't want to be at a party. <laughs> I wanted to be in my angry room. Yeah. No, I remember that particular night too. It was Cody was so sweet, and I'm worth like we we're really tired. And we're like, okay, this is great. We go to Cody's house, and it was kind of a raging party. It was actually. a totally raging party, <laughs> it was, and it was fun. Uh, you know, it got kind of late, and it was one of those parties where like, okay, it's five o'clock in the morning, and I'm exhausted. And then, but there's no place to sleep that isn't a party. Room. Every single room in the house was party room, and you're like, where the fuck? It's like, okay, it's the van, and that's when you're like, you just hope that you're the first one in the van to actually get the bench seat, you know, not to sleep on the floor or the loft or whatever. And I remember sleeping, going to the, the bench seat. I think Aaron Ball was drumming on that tour. Waking up the next morning at like eight o'clock in the morning, bright, hot, Southern California sun just beating into the van. And like someone's mowing their lawn. You're like, oh God. <laughs> it's, you know, the, the typical stuff that happens like that you get, that, that is upsetting, but you know, you just kind of know you can't do much about it. It's like, you're the headliner. It's a Wednesday night in Albuquerque or wherever. And there's the two local bands. So they, they both, the, they start their sets late and then they play for an hour and 10 minutes each, yeah. you know? No, no, just getting started. There was one time that I, I've never been suicidal, but I was in Eugene, Oregon. Oh God. <laughs> oh, that'll do it to you. Dude, it was like a Tuesday night. And I hate Eugene, like Oregon. Hour, and I just, I actually, I was that yeah. person laying on the couch. I just like, tried to sleep through their set. It was horrible. The power went out, my strap broke. Uh, you know what's funny? Like, I've heard so many stories from bands and I, I don't know if any have been on the podcast, but just, 
people that go to Eugene and just hate it and have like the worst shows yeah. ever there. That place sucks. We, we gave it opportunity after opportunity. And finally, we did. We put. We said we made like the band memorandum, like no more shows. No more in shows Eugene. in Eugene. Like, we did do that one show with uh, Black Lips Black and Cure Zeros. Yeah. And then, then we uh, got it, like six months after we're like, no more shows in Eugene. Uh, we got offered to show Black Lips and the Pure yeah, Stars. We're like, that's kind of uh, worth it. We'll, do, we'll go down and do <laughs> that one, I guess. And it was super fun. And it was, yeah. you know, it's like, um, but still weird though. Eugene is full of weirdos, man. What was that you. story that uh, annoying you guys had yeah. was before I was in the band? Where the opening band, it was like a weeknight at a dumb club. And the opening band, the drummer starts to load in. And he's loading in stacks and stacks of bright orange pickle buckets. Oh my god, yeah. It was at the First Avenue, or it was at 7th Street entry in Minneapolis. Uh, pickle it, buckets? Pickle buckets. Five gallon buckets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds it, better to say pickle bucket. Yeah. You know, what was that? I, know what you mean. I almost feel like it was that <laughs> it was that band, that Driver 23 documentary we shot at. Oh, really? It was like that kind of band. We ended up playing with this like crazy dumb kind of like metal band, you know, so to speak. And, uh, you know, it was like one of those weird nights. We just got matched up with somebody that we shouldn't have been playing with. But we, we got a show, you know. I think this actually was maybe Hello from Waveland, I believe. Maybe it was the cop, I can't remember. But so we, yeah, we, we roll in and we load in all this stuff. And I love the 7th Street Entry, it's such a great club. But this band that we're playing with, they set up a drum riser on stage and, and the way they do it is they take all these five gallon buckets and they turn them upside down and like basically make a drum riser out of because and then you just you know at the end of the show you just stack them up and you would have like you know six feet tall you know stack of uh, pickle buckets as we call them and uh, I love that conversation like do you, you just played on top of the buckets we put, like, played plywood you put, you put plywood over it. yeah yeah so he brought they in, like, built their own riser he brought yeah, in yeah. Like, two sheets of plywood <laughs> and like fifty pickle buckets and it's like dude you're not gonna bring the whole drum riser thing it's dumb I'm bringing my riser dude yeah. <laughs> I'm not playing unless I'm, I'm playing on my riser. riser. The other thing that was really funny is too is that I remember the bass player, he had, you know, That's like a, a rack mount head kind of setup. And in his rack mount head setup, he had a clock, you know, just because it was just like, dude, don't worry, you are going to be playing way longer than you should be. Like, yeah. you're, you, you just want to know it. You just want to know. Like, your set, your set's supposed to be over at 10 o'clock? Okay, yeah. Dude, we have 60 minutes worth of material. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Good time it. My favorite is dudes who bring their own fans. Oh. A dude with the short hair never brings his own fan, but a dude no. with long hair will bring his own fan. You yeah. always want to have that hair blowing because it's solo. Pretty one. badass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I should have let him turn the yeah, stereo yeah. back on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool, guys. Well, thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Good fun, times. Fun thinking about the past. Now I'm gonna think about the future. This is, an, is another drink in your future. Speaking of the future. Yeah, I don't know drink.
turn that up into 13 Gonna give us a ride on the devil's wings Are you hungry, Drew? Uh, I had a bowl of stew earlier. Whatever. I made stew last night. Didn't bring enough for everyone, though. If I'd known you'd been hungry, Michael, I would have. <laughs>